Hello and welcome to DBB Box Pop, a podcast featuring voices from Generation Z. We are your hosts Ningsu and Duya. Tune in every week to hear young people share their personal stories and how they hope to achieve a future democratic Myanmar free from military dictatorship. To listen, follow DBB English in your podcast app. DBB Box Pop is available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Duya. For this week episode, I'm here with Diri, a young restaurant owner who is planning to open a, another restaurant in Thailand. Hi, Diri. Thank you for joining me today. Hi, Diri. Yeah, thank you for having me today. Uh, can you briefly introduce about yourself and what brought you here in Thailand? Um, yeah, I run a restaurant in Yangon, and so that's my background. And I moved to Thailand. After the coup, like a year after the coup, and uh, given the situation in Myanmar, so I decided to leave the country and and trying to see new opportunities, a business opportunity in Thailand. I know you own a restaurant in Yangon. I've been there a couple of times. How did you manage to run a a restaurant like such a young age? Um, yeah, actually, that's a funny story because I went out with my friends. And then I got drunk, and the next thing that I know is that I happened to buy a share of a restaurant. And since then, I I was like, okay, yeah, this is a good things, and I have never intended to run a restaurant, but I was like, I just want to try new things. So I did, and it worked out well um, to some extent. So I continue um, following this path. When you open a restaurant, like I know you face a lot of difficulties, like. Uh, such as like COVID pandemic and also the coup. So, how did you manage to survive to stay running a restaurant in Yangon? Um, yeah. So when I took it over the restaurants, it was in 2019. So I only have only a few months, like I think only six months to run at a normal pace. And so I was trying to change the business concepts and like you know trying to. Uh, a little bit shift off the business models and everything, and bring in the new recipes and etc. So only like for six months I could run at the normal time, but also it was the beginning of my business, so it was it was a challenging times and learning time for me. And then the pandemic happened, like so we have a lot of on and off period during the whole year because the regulation were like they were not clear, and also there was no. No intervention from the government in terms of the subsidies and anything. So it was a, it was a very um, difficult moment. And plus, we have staff, and like we have to make sure that our staff got pay or like they have enough job. Also, we didn't even know how long it will take, so we couldn't really uh, make a long term plans and something. So that was the that was during the coup, during that was during the pandemic, um, a lot of ups and down. And then towards the end of the third wave, we we see some kind of hope, and we were like, okay, yeah, let's start over. We're so ready to jump into the the business. Like everyone was super excited and like, okay, let's let's focus more on this. And then the coup happened, which is such a you know shocking blow to a To a SME business, like small and medium business owner, because we don't have a lot of investment in it, and we also didn't know how long would that 
long and also given the histories of Myanmar, um, like once there is a coup, it will take forever. In many, for, it will take like many years. So it was a lot of uncertainties and a lot of um, challenges. Not only in terms of financially, not only in terms of the uh, management perspective, also from the like mental perspective that not just only yourself but also a team that you're you, when you run a business you're like a leading a team and so it's a lot of a lot of challenges and from coming from different direction so so that was a that was a difficult period for the past two years when the coup happened like how do you feel like as a restaurant owner and like how did you manage to uh, run your restaurant like during the coup so the beginning, I wasn't sure whether we would continue or not. Um, also, I don't know what would be the new regulation. And given a lot of protests and a lot of movement happening around uh, around the country and also around in our cities and everything. So um, and so the beginning, like my my staff and also myself, they also wanted to join. Um, they want to go out and support the resistance. So we have to make it flexible for everyone to practice their rights to um, express their opinion. So we have we did the beginning. We managed to like close the restaurants during the day where people can go out and 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 join the protest if they wanted to. And only in the evening we will open it. So the beginning wasn't really we were not quite certain where we was just with so much stress and also so much fear one would the soldiers gonna come and close the bar and when are they gonna come and raid to the to the restaurants and a, a lot a, a lot of stress around that area but then the beginning it was the public movement was super strong and like so the fears and this uncertainty a little bit like going down like we just say okay this is um this is a good thing even though there is a coup even though there is a movement even though there is a protest i could still run the business we still have customers and they stay calm and they still support our business but things will get in harder in the later period when the crackdown is more serious so so there were times that we also um, have to close and we have to see the situation because nobody really know what was happening what would happen so it was a it was a very uh, it was a challenging time especially when the security forces going around they have a checkpoint in front of our restaurant so a lot of customer wouldn't come and it's it, it's been going on and off like that for many um, for for a month and also the the exchange rate is really high up and so we couldn't really get some the banking system is quite quite collapsed so we will we have difficulty whether we we should take the cash or while we cannot really do the um do the banking system so we have a shortage of, of cash flow and also we have a difficulty with the banking systems and we have a difficulty with uh, buying the buying the uh, supplies, especially if they are from the foreign country, and price will go really higher up. So, um, like especially like last year, we couldn't even have a price on our on our menu because the 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 income and also the supplies and everything they they are quite fluctuated, and we couldn't really control. Like even if we can sell something with this price today. 
and then the next day this amount will be they don't we don't make profit but it will be going back to the business so it's just like barely surviving and we have been you we have been spending a lot of money in the operation costs and a lot of safety new safety measures and everything so it was um it was very challenging time it has been challenged since the pandemic because we have to put more costs for the hand sanitizers and and the masks and and a lot of other facility to prevent ourselves and our staff and our customer from the from the pandemic and from the coup as well like we have to consider a lot of the security measures and every time when we have to uh, consider that the cost is higher up and then we don't make much profit out of it so it just it was a very challenging time until today it's a, such a very challenging time for us to run a business especially when we don't have enough money to invest in it you mentioned about the security checkpoint like they're checking your customers so how did you manage to get usual customer to come to your restaurant i couldn't because that's people it's there's something beyond my control so we couldn't so we will we will advise people to be more cautious because um because they wanted to come um, to our restaurants which i really appreciated but at the same time i don't want anybody to be at risk just to come so um so i have to make sure we also have curfew and I have to make sure that people go home before curfew, not only for the customer, but also for my stuff, especially, you know, I have to look after, I have to look after my, my, my stuff first. That's my first thinking. So I, I couldn't really control because some, those are the things that are out of my control. So I will only advise, like, hey, you know, here we have a checkpoint. Sometimes we will um, send the messages to people like, hey, you know, we have, be careful when you're coming to the restaurants we have checkpoint here and so so that that kind of thing i would advise them not to take any risk because it's not worth to you know come to a restaurant and you got arrested and something so so that yeah i couldn't control do you have to negotiate with the the police or the military to run your restaurant is there any like uh, security check to your restaurant by the police or military so far not not yet we we do not understand why and maybe i don't know it's not happening yet maybe we hope not but um so in terms of negotiation we didn't do that because they never come to us that's why we didn't need to when did you decide to leave Myanmar? Uh, i mean is there any difficulty to leave your restaurant uh, how did you manage to rent your restaurant from here when I decided to leave, um, I couldn't leave right away. I was I was in the country for one year um, because some of the days I feel like, okay, this is not safe anymore for anybody, so I should leave. But some of the day I just feel like, okay, things are not that bad, so I'm going to stay. So it's a lot of back and forth and a lot of emotional disputes whether I should leave the country or not. Um, because it was it's being away from home it's a very um it's it's an emotional choice that i normal in a normal time i i would have choice to either to come back at any time or not come back but 
because of the situation, the choice was taken away from me. That even if I wanted to go back, I may not have it. I may not be able to have that choice to go back home. And also, it. I was also worried what would people say about this. Like, oh, you know, you don't have, you don't have any direct threats or anything. And why did you leave? But then now thinking that it was like sometimes you know if. When people look at the displacement, it was they only look at the people who are directly impacted by this. Like, and until people are impacted by that, their displacement is not considered as a legitimate displacement. But, but for our cases, that it's not we don't it's not that we have a direct, um, uh, ch- direct threat to me, but things around me, and the understanding that the threat would come to me at any. Any any time any moment that's that that's actually makes me leave the country and that was very difficult for me to leave my family and my my business and my friends and my customers my stuff and it was very difficult because that restaurant is like my my child and I have built it up and I have seen the ups and down and. We have been spending to get spending time together, like in a difficult time, and also the golden time together. And leaving that, it's very, it's a very emotional, um, it's very emotional thing, and it was a very difficult decision to make. Um, so when I left, I was thinking of leaving just for six months or something, but I ended up more than one year that I am already outside of the country. So that was it, and then when since I got to to Thailand, I couldn't really manage the restaurants from here because it's it's challenging, and plus I I'm not on the ground, so it's 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 very difficult. Sometimes whatever I suggest is something that people on the ground may not be able to um to keep up with, so I couldn't really manage. So n- now that we actually sold the restaurants to another. Owner, which is again very uh, a difficult choice. I even cry the day when I spoke to the new owners and everything. So the business will be there, but I won't be part of that business in Myanmar. Well, that's really great that you overcame all of it. And also, I'm really sad to hear that you sold your restaurant to another owner. You mentioned you wish to open uh, another restaurant in Thailand. So, do you have any difficulty facing with the Thai authorities? I am plan. I am thinking of running a a branch, or running a, that restaurant in Thailand. Um, but but in terms of the in terms of actually running a business here in Thailand, the regulation is quite strict, and I for foreigners and especially for Burmese people. And so, um, so there are a lot of regulation. They need a Thai partner to run a business, and there are a lot of regulation around, and also with the visas and everything, and investor. So, I am now looking for the investor uh, or the partnership to have a um, to have a business together. But um, but again, I'm not really. I haven't really decided it yet. Mostly because of my um, my. Commitment, like I, because at this moment my status in terms of immigration status and also my life, it's a bit, 
entertained. So I I just want to make sure that I wanted to stay in Thailand. I'm not sure if I actually wanted to live in Thailand for longer term because running a business is not just oh let's just do it and then let's move to another country and that's not how it should work. So I was trying to um, think, reflect myself like whether. I actually want to commit to running a restaurant, or whether I want to commit to living in Thailand. So only then, once I make myself, once I settle with my own um, mental dilemma, I'm gonna I'm gonna start running a running a restaurant, a branch of that restaurant in in Thailand. So going back to your question, so I am thinking of doing it, but it may or may not. Actually, happen. Let's say uh, you got an investor for your restaurant, and like everything fine with the Thai authority. What kind of foods and drinks will you be served to customer? Like, I- I'm just wondering. <laughs> It will be the one that we sell in Yangon, because the restaurants in Yangon has been. My understanding is that it has been an important place. It has been a home to a lot of people. In who are in the exile community in Thailand, and and also a lot of my customers are in the jungle, or even inside the country they are hiding. They and some of them are in prison. Some of them already got killed, and a lot of them are in exile. Like not only in Thailand as well. So it has been a, my understanding is that it has been a home. To a lot of people, so rather than food or anything, it will be the same food and same similar food and similar drink. But but I just wanted to bring some part of home to all of us while we couldn't go home, while we are away from home. So it won't be exactly the same as it is because you know you have to be there to enjoy to experience it. But a lot of people cannot. Go there for whatever reason, for many reasons, and mainly because of the coup. And so I just wanted to bring some pieces of home, some memories, some community. Um, that's what I wanted to bring to uh, to Thailand. Yeah, it it will be great if you open a restaurant in in Chiang Mai. <laughs> How do you feel about the future of Myanmar? I mean. Uh, you're here in Thailand, and then like you're planning to move to another country, maybe or maybe not. So, like, so what do you think about the future of Myanmar? Um, the future of Myanmar, which I believe that we, the resistance, uh, we are gonna win for sure. But, we, but I just don't know when, and I just don't know. Who's gonna be there to um, to witness it? Like some of our friends may not be, or even myself, may not be there to see the. I don't know when the when the resistance got a victory, but I believe that we're gonna win. So ideally, the future that I want to see is that all of us here go home. And having nice foods and drinks, and talking about our experience from wherever they were during the resistance, and you know, we have we have a, a long table 
at my restaurants in Yangon. And then everyone enjoying foods and drinks and and chatting, gossiping, so like playing games, singing, and yeah, that's the future that I would want to see. Like one day in Yangon, like going back to my restaurants, all of us, me and my friends and my customers, and celebrating the our resilience and celebrating. Our, uh, our living and celebrating our bravery, um, you know, celebrating our standing up for injustice. So that's the future that I want to see. That is really touching. Uh, I hope, like you, me, and all of us together here, can go back to、uh, where we were before the coup. Do you have anything to add? Would you like to add anything? So. I don't want to go before the coup, the situation before the coup. So when I say home, when I say future, I really want to、uh, move forward because we have ugly histories in Myanmar with, with the, you know, we have、uh, we have the genocidal histories and we have、uh, we have the discriminatory policies and everything. So I I generally don't want to go back to. The Myanmar, even though it was a very good time for people like me who maybe socioeconomically privileged, it was a good time, golden time for me. But that's not the, that's not the home that I want to go back to. We are building a new home where we have more,、um, you know, more understandings and more tolerance and more, more visions and more creativities and less discriminatory and that you know people have more empathy. So that kind of future. That kind of home that I want to go back to, like go forward to.、So. Um, I'm really appreciate for your time. It's really nice to talking with you, and and thanks again for、uh, being here with me. Thank you.